Hello, and welcome to Knock Off Drinks with a Difference. I'm your host, Amy Armstrong, passionate non-alcoholic expert and sober socialite. Grab your favourite glass of non-alcoholic wine and join me on the couch for a chat about all things alcohol-free. And today on the couch, I am joined by Carolyn Whiteley of Seadrift Distillery, which is an amazing boutique distillery uh, on the northern beaches of Sydney. Uh, welcome and hello, Carolyn. Hi, Amy. Lovely to be here. Yeah. So I've been <laughs> I've been in contact with you for quite some time now, and I keep saying when I'm in Sydney, I'm going to come and visit the <laughs> visit the distillery and visit the bar. And I'm coming to Sydney in two weeks, and I'm actually going to come and do it this time. Fantastic. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, I've allowed myself enough time. I'm not there for a flying 24 hours, so I'm going to, I don't know how I'll get there, but I'll get there. (laughs) Come over and see us or drop into us. We've actually got a pop-up bar in the rocks at the moment on Wednesday nights. So, Oh, have you? We do, yes, as part of the Forage Festival for the rocks. What is the Forage Festival? So the Forage Festival is um, it's working with all the beautiful little boutique restaurants down there about, you know, how despite the fact that we're all Sydney-based, actually a lot of us are foraging for ingredients, whether that could be truffles or, like us, we forage for seaweed um, as part of our product. And it's about sort of celebrating the natural produce we have around um, our local region and how we use it in food and drinks. That's awesome. How long does that run for? So it runs for five weeks, so right through August. Yeah, um, we're down there with a pop-up bar on Wednesday evenings as part of Social Wednesdays. That's fabulous. Well, I love that. I love that. Um, that's such a unique take on on our our food culture, isn't it? Food and and drink culture, and mm-hmm. and and it's such a unique part of Sea Drift, isn't it? It absolutely is. You know, Sea Drift. When we developed the products, we were really conscious of wanting to create um, the best possible quality non-alcoholic spirits that would be made celebrating the the local ingredients that we have. You know, we're so lucky in Australia, um, but even in New South Wales, that we have this access to beautifully grown herbs and botanicals that um, you don't get in the rest of the world. So, you know, one of the reasons that London gin was made as a dry product was, of course, because London had to import all its spices and they all mm. came in dried forms. Um, and fast forward to today where we are, we can get our products cut at night and delivered to us fresh in the distillery by 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So it gives us access to incredible botanicals, uh, whether that might be coriander or basil or... Um, rosemary you know and then it comes in and you know the distillery is just so fragrant and beautiful and we distill with those fresh botanicals because that gives you just the this incredible intensity of flavor Mm. that we get without having to use ethanol to draw out uh, from a dry botanical the flavor that's that's sort of dried in there yeah and that is something like that I as soon as I tried sea drift so I I truth be told I hadn't tried sea drift up until recently when I wanted to include um, you guys in my spirits tasting in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And I was quite blown away by the difference that having those fresh herbs really makes in the intensity and the flavour profiles. Like you really, it's like you you could know that without knowing that just by by the taste. Like some 
I've tried a lot of distilled spirits and a lot of them, when you taste them, they, they you don't get much past water. It's not till you add tonic or whatever to, the, to help bring the flavours out that you really get that. But with with Sea Drift, the intensity is there right from the get-go because of like how much how much you're using and because of the freshness of what you're using. Yeah, definitely. And if you so if you sort of think about um, our process, so we designed our process sort of backwards, forwards, so. <laughs> Inside out. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting because my background is um, is spirit innovation, so I, I knew, you know, all um, different spirit processes is very well. And um, we knew that the two challenges would be um, how do you, uh, number one, keep the product stable without alcohol, mm. and that number two, how do you gain intensity of flavour without um naturally and and we set up two challenges we didn't want to use any colorings we didn't want to use flavorings and there are plenty around um that you know mimic alcohol but they are just colorings and flavorings um so when you start with that challenge of how do you create a pure clean product uh, that is going to be stable it's it's quite interesting so we had to design our process back to front uh we started with you know um how do you keep something uh, without any contact, essentially, with the air because there's microbes in the air that can get in to mm. any, no matter where you are. Um, and then we move back to well, what does that look like for the distillation process and how would that work um, and how can we capture flavour? And really I think the key things we landed on was that, um, you know, this real insight that we have this access to these stunning, beautiful botanicals that when you're working in England, you don't have access to and that we can get them fresh um, and that if we change the process using all the best parts of very traditional um, distillation but uh, changing the scale of what we were doing, that we could get to um, creating all that flavour without having to, um, you know, use alcohol. So if you go into, um, for example, any major gin distillery you'll find a still that will be you know several stories high and um you know very you know massive in terms of scale and the actual amount of botanicals they'll be using within that scale will be tiny you know it'll be a bunch mm. of you know a football maybe um and so therefore the distillation process is actually very cost effective because you're you know using a lot of um, Waters, you're adding in ethanol, it's very cheap to buy, um, and you can get a lot out of that. If you look at our process, because we're using fresh botanicals, we have very, very tiny distillations, um, and that means that we, and we also fill our, our stills with fresh herbs, so the ratio is completely inverted. Mm. But what that means is that we can um, get the flavour very quickly. Um, so our distillations don't take um, that long. You know, we we do the first distillate within six hours um, and the whole process might only be three weeks, but it's the scale of what we're using. So people sometimes say, you know, well, why are non-arc so expensive and the cost of ingredients for us might be, you know, as much as you might spend on, you know, 2,000 bottles of a... Um, mm of a traditional distillate so um yeah so it's really about the quality for what we're trying to produce 
When you say the stills that you use are tiny, can you give people a um, a sense of like what what how tiny are we talking? <laughs> they are they um they're three hundred liter stills, and we run um, several of those. Mm. But what that and they're traditional copper pot stills, so they're beautiful things. They look really pretty. Uh, they were used, you know, very high end vodkas um, a long time ago. Mm. Um, these are made in Portugal, made by hand. And the family that make our stills have made stills for five generations. So it's pretty incredible. Wow. They're all made out of copper and they beat them. And even down to, you know, where you have marks within the steel can affect the taste of the product and stuff. So they're um, they're the real deal. They're really beautiful. <laughs> well, I can't wait to come and actually see them in real life. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I was wondering is if you're using like entirely fresh produce all the time, yep. how do you uh, get the taste correct? Like if you're doing this, the same process over and over again, like for example, the rainwater um, that we've had in the past six months here in Australia has affected how produce is grown. So how does that filter down into your process and making sure that you've got consistency of taste across the the, the different, you know, distil- what would you call it, distills? No. Yes. Distills. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it is a challenge and it really is an art form. So. Mm. The last six months with the weather have been really difficult to, number one, get the quality of of produce that we need. So we actually stopped producing for a period um, because the quality just wasn't good enough. Um, yeah, right. People have noticed that, you know, on the supermarket shelves, getting uh, herbs lately has been a challenge at times. Um, well, you have $10 bunches of coriander. Exactly. <laughs> That's the other part is, you know, the cost of, of production going through the roof. Um, the actual uh, insurance, the other challenge is that at different times in the year you'll get um, herbs in different states. So, for example, rosemary will um, flower at particular times. Um, same for basil. Um, we do use tarragon in some of our products. And the taste of those herbs when they do flower can change as well. Mm. So the strength changes. So the, the mustard still has to look at each of the ingredients when they come in every day and balance them by smell. You know, what is the intensity it's got? So you've got, you know, your basic format, but the balancing is is an art form that has to happen with it every, every production run. Yeah, that's incredible. And and then so you you're buying in herbs and you're also foraging yourselves with the seaweed. Yeah. So um, one of the fantastic things about where we live is we're we're right on the beaches, and um, sea kelp is just a great ingredient for a number of things. It can be used for flavour, but it can also be used for aroma. But actually, what I think is its best use is um, it's a great carrier of flavour. So when it's used in small quantities, it's um, it's very good at taking the flavours that it's got, binding them and moving them around the mouth. And this is actually something that um, alcohol does as well. So the reason that you get that real intensity of taste when you when you have like a spirit in particular, it hits mm. right at the back of sort of almost below your ears at the back of your mouth. That is um, that's the, the ethanol carrying the flavour through. So um, 
we discovered that actually seaweed can do the same thing. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So we included it as part of the drinks in order to be able to get that intensity of taste through the mouth and to actually hit the back of the taste buds, giving that real umami sort yeah. of flavor to it. Yeah. That's that's such a, a happy find. <laughs> well, why don't we just, just give this a go with some seaweed and see what happens? <laughs> well, we were lucky enough to come across some people. We'd been interested in seaweed for, I don't know, I don't know really why, but just it's very, it's such a, an incredible ingredient for lots of reasons. Mm. Um, there is a woman who's farming uh, seaweed down the south coast and as an industry it's an area that could really take off Um, so it's got so many properties we were interested for completely different other reasons (laughs) and uh, yeah when we came across this property we're like oh that has a lot of relevance that's great so um there's another big piece to the sea drift story, and that is the sustainability aspect of your business. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, look, I think for everyone, sustainability obviously becoming really important. Um, you know, people want to be buying local. They want to know where their products are coming from, and they want to know, you know, what you're doing with, you know, the waste of your products as well. So, you know, where we haven't got it all figured out by any stretch of the imagination, and it's it's absolutely a journey for for every business, um, but it's a journey we're embracing wholeheartedly. And um, yeah, so one of the the key things we do with um, sustainability is, you know, obviously looking at sort of where our produce is coming from and making sure that um, we've got the you know lowest mileage on our, our, our produce possible. That we uh, when we're you know, packaging and sending out, that's all done very locally. We're not bringing in ingredients or, you know, shipping bottles from other countries, which many products are. Many products are made um, overseas. Um, but the thing I love the most is when we finish our distil- distil- distillates, um, we end up with a lot of herbal waste. So mm. all of that we actually gather and we um, send up to farms in the Hunter Valley uh, where um, it gets fed to the cattle. Oh. And one of the really interesting things about seaweed is this, because there's obviously seaweed in our our waste, is um, one of the universities is doing a study looking at if you feed seaweed to cattle, does it actually reduce their methane output? I know the person who is doing that research project. They're down, down our way. Yeah. Fantastic, isn't it? Mm. So you know, hopefully, if that can be proved, then there'll be like this virtuous cycle of, of um, you know, reducing methane as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a two pronged uh, sustainable effort there. Yeah, and there's legs in that. So that I mean, that's fantastic. That I I I think are they um, dairy cattle? What do you know? Dairy cattle. Yeah. So they have some tasty milk going on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, so I, I um, this week, the first week in August, I have done a review of Coast, yep. which is your beautiful, very, oh, I've got my bottles here, my the beautiful, very basil forward um, spirit on your line. It's, it, I mean, it's so intense and beautiful and such an adult drink mm-hmm. for it sure. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing the original, the classic which is more, so what have we got in here? Coriander, lime and seaweed. That's a lighter sort of fresher, well, not fresher, but 
Just not as intense as the basil, is it, from memory? It is. So the coast one, which has got the basil, um, was really designed around a sort of G&T replacement. So it is much more adult. It, it is much more um, <clears throat> intense. It's for that 5 o'clock moment at night when you come home and you really feel like a glass of wine and you think, no, nope, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to have this. So it, it has got that real intensity of flavour. Mm. Uh, Sea Drift Classic is designed to go with meals. So it's very much, um, it's beautiful with salads and seafoods and, um, you know, fragrant foods because it's got the fresh coriander, it's got kaffir lime leaves, lemongrass and the seaweed in there. So it's it's much lighter product. It does build up in your mouth over time um, and it's quite a unique sort of really refreshing taste. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, from memory, we so we did that at my tasting event, and I think that was my favorite of the two. Um, yep. But I've also in my hands got one that I had never seen before until you've sent it to me recently. Is wild hibiscus, and this is gorgeous. It's a beautiful pink color. The yep. gorgeous bottle, and we've got in here hibiscus, lime, and juniper. Is this quite a new formulation? It is brand new, um, and it's one that we've been working on for several years. Wow. So we've come up with you know our version of the pink gin and we it had to be natural that's you know very much part of our ethos about all our products is they have to be natural and um stabilizing a natural um pink color is incredibly difficult Um, so we've tried everything we've tried every potential native flower we have tried all sorts of things and when we got to hibiscus, um, you know, that is what's worked really well. It also provides like a little tropical note within in the flavour and within the aroma. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, it's really nice. And it's got a beautiful sort of pink blush colour. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And the, um, the full bottle comes wrapped in this gorgeous sort of gift wrapping. Mm, that um, is which- so pretty. It's nice for a gift, but it's also um, fantastic for protecting the colour because it's natural and it will fade over time. Of course, yeah. Oh, well, that's beautiful. I can't wait to open that and try that one. That's something you'd serve with a tonic? Yes, absolutely. They're also yeah. tonics or definitely with a carbonated drink. Yeah. The thing about our flavour profiles is because they are all natural, the way they work is that the flavour molecule uh, needs a carbonated drink to essentially burst it. So you put pour the spirit in, you have the ice. The carbonation bursts the flavour molecule and will we'll release them. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it's, it doesn't matter really if it's tonic or if you're not a tonic drinker, soda or mineral water even, um, that really helps. And um, when you first drink it, you'll probably get like an intensity because it's sort of the carbonation's bursting off the flavour and that settles down after a couple of seconds. Yeah. That's I did yeah. So you need that the magical bubbles to, to to do the science <laughs> to do the science. <laughs> yes. All right. So Sea Drift, you are in Brookvale. I have no idea where that is. I'm going to have to get on my Google Maps. How do I get there? <laughs> Can I catch a train? No, there's no trains out of way. But we have a great bus system. The B line. Okay. Good. Um, so, yeah, so we're about 30 minutes out of the city. We're in Brookvale Industrial Area. We're down there with um, lots of breweries and sort of the brewery district of Sydney. Um, so we have Four Pines Brewery, Motors, Bucketies, and there's tons of them. 
Um, so it's a beautiful little community down there. We've also got Manly Spirits next door. Um, so, yeah, so it's, a, you know, it's a great place to visit and sort of get a flavour of, you know, how um, the industry is changing. And people can come and visit um, the distillery and you also, am I right in thinking that you open that as a bar of an evening? We open as a, of an evening on Friday and Saturday nights mm-hmm. uh, and the cellar door is open you know, during the week, yeah. Fabulous. Well, I will get there. I will be there. <laughs> I can't wait to smell this um, this aroma that you're speaking of. You know, hopefully when I'm there, you're, you're um, distilling. Yes, you have to come early in the morning when we distill and then you'll take you into the secret room and go, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> secret room, I love that. How cool. All right, well, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for coming on and um, telling us all about your incredible product. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Amy. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank you. As always, head to drybutwet.com.au for all the latest non-alcoholic drinks reviews and head to drybutwet on Instagram for hilarity and entertainment. Thank you for listening and please subscribe and share this podcast if you think that anyone could benefit from it. See you next week. Cheers.